Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am uh, Tommy Quinn, your host for the football podcast, Football's Finest. Along with me is Lucas Betton and Ryan Taylor, also known as Coach T. Uh, Ryan, uh, why don't you give everyone your football background? So, um, played high school football, a couple different places. Um, after high school, never really played college football, but I went on to start coaching immediately out of high school. Um, I'm now the offensive coordinator and assistant head football coach at San Marcos High School, where we've been uh, open division semis and D1 finalists um, for the last couple of years. And every year, my five years there, we've been in the semis or the open uh, for the D1 and the um, open division finals. So uh, that's about it for me. Lucas, Lucas, football uh, experience. No, you got a lot. Uh, playing for 15 years. Uh, went to Rollins Valley High School, won a state championship there. Uh, went on to play for Riverside City College. Uh, did pretty well there uh, in two years. I think we lost two games. Uh, then went on to play at. So it'll be my senior season coming up, and I'm a uh, long snapper over there. So for That's the Austin brand, P, right? Yep. Let's go, P. All right. And uh, yep. I play college football at a tiny little NAI school. Uh, doesn't really mean a lot, but, hey, at least I'm playing because it's fun. Um, today, well, but the day after the day after the first round of the NFL draft, it was a little bit weird today or this, this year because COVID-19. A little sad. What do you guys think? Opinions, thoughts? Uh, with the difference on okay, this is what's like really like getting under my skin with this year's draft. Uh, because it's virtual draft and everything like that. The so it'll say like the pick comes in, right? Yes. Oh, that was so annoying. It is sitting there for five minutes saying the pick is in, and there's like twenty different commercials coming on, and I just want to know who's coming in. That's all – the whole time I'm like, I, I don't care about George Kittle's Bud Light. I mean, I love George Kittle. Great guy. I don't, I don't care about your Bud Light Seltzer's commercial. Yeah. Who did Joe Smith draft just now? I don't, I don't give a shit about you, Mel Kuyper. Just, you know, yeah. cut, get on. Cut, cut to the stooge in front of the TV and so I can figure out who, <laughs> who the Las Vegas Raiders' first pick was. Yeah. And I like how before, before every single pick, it's always, come on, fans, let's go. Yeah. He had to beg people to get excited. I think it would have just – I feel like those fans didn't know who they were, like, cheering for. If they had, like, known that, like, like they were cheering as Roger Goodell was making the pick, they should have probably all would have just booed. They were like, fuck you. The best part – the best one was when uh, the Dolphins' second first-round pick – I think it was their second first-round pick. uh, Mel Kuyper and Trey Wingo and them are going, do they take a defensive guy or an O-line guy? And they – Cut to Goodell, and he's turned around going, this is going to help Tua in the offense here. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. I guess they're picking a tackle. Oh, great. Yeah. Not like, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, one of my, like, favorite things about this draft is that you can see some of the fans right behind them, and there's been videos coming out that even after the picks, like when the Packers picked uh, Jordan Love, there was a Packers fan. He's like, yeah, he was just pissed. He he was just <laughs> – well, that, that pick, honestly, the pick didn't make sense, though. Like, they traded up to get Jordan Love. Like, that just didn't didn't make sense. That's honestly no, what no. I imagined you looked like if we had a live shot of you, Lucas. It, it was. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really happy. I mean, he, I think he's a good quarterback, but they picked the only guy that's going to piss Aaron Rodgers off. Why do you say that? What do you, what do you, why, why do you think he'll piss Aaron Rodgers off? I mean, because like goat quarterback likes hearing, "Oh, hey, your team's traded up in the first round to pick another quarterback." Well, they probably got the same idea that they had with, with uh, you know, who was that guy? Oh yeah, Brett Favre. That guy, uh, Brett Favre. <laughs> what? Because I, I here's here's I don't want that to happen because I know exactly who Aaron Rodgers would probably go to right the Vikings. now. No, uh, who, who do you go to? You'd go awesome. where? Cats. You'd go to the Patriots? Go to the oh, God. No. That's my, that's my fear. No, he wouldn't go to the Patriots. Who did the Patriots? Did the Patriots even have a first rounder yesterday? I just uh, think uh, I would love for it to turn – we were talking about it the other day. I would love for it to turn into 
where um, Rogers treats love just like Favre treated Rogers. Like that a was, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you gotta develop your replacement. Uh, that's not my fucking job. <laughs> hey, what I love about this pick, what I love about that pick, and it, it's hilarious, is that the two quarterbacks for the Packers are A Rod and J Lo. That's pretty cool. So I'm saying that's cool. But, that's cool if you're a tool, but if you're not, it doesn't help their wide receiver problems. No, no. <laughs> we'll see. I was with the Packers fan when uh, when the news broke, and he was like, "Why, why, 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 why?" <laughs> and it was just hilarious. I mean, dude, there's better players that were on that board. Yeah, that could have easily said, "Hey, come on," you know. We only have one receiver, Adams, and uh, we got a GOAT quarterback. We don't need another one. We yeah. might have needed some help with a running back, but. So would you say that was probably the most surprising pick of yesterday's first round? I don't want to sound, like, biased because I'm a Packers fan, but I think so, but. Well, see, no one knew no, you were no, a Packers no. fan until you said that. Now they know. Now they know you're a Packers <laughs> fan. Hey, everybody, I'm a Packers fan. But, no, actually, it's not. Um, Tommy, who who was who was the wide receiver the Raiders took? The the Las Vegas Raiders. It was kind of weird too seeing LV up there instead of OAK. Yes. No Oak yes. up there. That was odd. I was like, who's LV? Oh, that's right, the Raiders, the team I allegedly cheer for. Um, well, who you guys? What was the name of the guy? <clears throat> Henry Ruggs the third from Alabama. He's not even the best wide receiver from Alabama, but they took him. I didn't most, thank, you, was, thank you. That was the most. Uh, that was the most surprising. Head scratcher yeah. for sure. I but think they, that was important because C.D. Lamb is just sitting there and I'm like. Yeah, uh, and Jerry Judy. C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy hadn't been taken yet. And yeah, let's, let's not pass up the number one guy on Alabama's wide receiver depth chart was sitting there. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, but I mean, as like the Raiders organization, they've always liked speed, uh, you know, so. That's John Gruden's M.O. Yeah, well, that's just the Raider. Like, Al Davis, oh, he's a fast guy. Let's get him. Ray Guy was fast. Let's get the punter in the first round. Um, <laughs> Ray Guy is fast. I was, I was really surprised by uh, – I was really surprised by, one, the Panthers. The Panthers pa- passing up on the Simmons, the linebacker from uh, Clemson. Yes. That I, – I mean, they got a really good player in the Auburn defensive tackle, but – Oh, that guy's a savage. He, like, single-handedly, like, helped Auburn win that Alabama game. 100%. He's a stud. I thought with Keekly retiring, and then I thought with uh, Joe Brady coming in um, and with, uh, you know, them signing Teddy Bridgewater, I thought for sure it was going to be either an offensive lineman or a receiver or, you know, the top guy I thought they were going to take was Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, Derek Brown, legit dude. Absolutely. He's huge. Dude, he's 6'5", 230 – or, sorry, 6'5", 326. And That's he ran amazing. like – he ran like a 5'1", or some crazy shit like that. Like That is a brick wall running full speed. Well, you got to think, a 5'1", is almost a 5' flat, which is almost a 4'9". And that's just insane to think about. That's insane to think about. Like – He's two uh, steps behind a 4'9". <laughs> Which it's really which no, like that's like a get off and a two steps behind a four nine, honestly. And it and it's closer and closer to the four three. Exactly. And then you build from there and like give it like give it like twenty years, all defensive tackles will be running like four fives. Just just give it time. Just give it time. But, but at that uh, point, yeah, at that point, yeah. I was just at uh, that point what are the receivers running. Yeah, well the receivers are in like the threes at that point. By the time, you know, we'll just start like really figuring out who we want to have babies with to make good athletes. Because everyone I talk to, they're like, dude, I'm, I'm trying to find an athletic chick, dude. I'm trying to make some D1 babies. Exactly. Like, what, like more and more people are starting to think like that, and they're like, I don't want paper college. Like, yeah, our, amazing. our parents' generation before us hadn't understood evolution yet. No, no, they hadn't. <laughs> well, because we've seen a lot of stupid stuff since we've been alive. Uh, correct. Um, so talking about a defensive tackle, what did you guys think of the Niners draft pick? Um, Javon Kinlaw, the D-tackle from uh, South Carolina. I don't think they needed him. I didn't either. Like, you have you have the Bosa kid. Oh, that was the Niners? Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that makes sense. Hey, did uh, DeForest Buckner, did he – is he still there or is he, did he go somewhere else? 
He got traded. They acquired that pick. I think that was the pick they acquired. It was from um, – so they originally acquired the 13th pick from Indianapolis for Buckner, and then they traded back one pick uh, with the Bucks. Yeah. And the Bucks got a big old, big old offensive tackle from Iowa to protect their new treasure Tom you, Brady. Did you see the video of him jumping out of the pool? Oh, my God. Like – I've seen, like, some running backs do that, but never, like, an offensive tackle. I can't even – I am, like, a hundred over 100 pounds less than this guy, and I can't even jump can't in the pool. Do it. Yeah. Barely get out of a pool, let alone yeah. jump out of a pool. <laughs> no, thanks. I'll take the stairs. Exactly. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. But, uh, yes. Yes. With – um, let me see. So, going more on to, like, picks that we like and don't like, were there any other, like, big ones where we were kind of skeptical about? <clears throat> um, Kansas City got another running back from LSU. Scary. You know, that's just scary. <laughs> and then someone else drafted um, – <clears throat> yeah, San Francisco also drafted that wide receiver from Arizona State. Who's just an animal? Yeah, um, I'm gonna butcher his name right here. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. There we go. Thank you, Coach. Hey, Steve. hey, hey, Ryan. Ryan, way to go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Way to be cultured. But I mean, yeah, that's just uh, that's a very stacked uh, offense now with that guy, and then the rest of the uh, Niners. I was thinking, too, Matt, imagine if they took – I'm trying to check here. Imagine if they took, like, C.D. Lamb or were on the board at that point in time, earlier at 13 – or at 14. Um, I mean, they were. <laughs> like, they could have. Jerry, Jerry Judy went right after him to Dallas. Like, they very could have <laughs> easily gotten him. Dude, we got Jerry – Denver got Jerry Judy the very next pick, and I was fired up. Oh, yeah, sorry, Denver did Dallas. Dallas got CeeDee Lamb. That was I was fired up, but still, I was like, holy cow. But that's a good pick. <clears throat> I think that's – I think the thing is with uh, Shanahan's offense, that dude – you see more guys wide open in that guy's offense than a lot of different players. Any other offense. That's the thing, like, Jimmy G, they're like, hey, you can go date porn stars, but just throw the ball to the wide open guy. Just, just hit the dude who doesn't have anyone 10 yards around him. Oh, I don't. By the way, he has not been at that level since. Jimmy G hasn't touched that level that he was with that one chick since. What God status? <laughs> yes, he hasn't yes. been on God status in a while. Yeah, he could have walked out on that field like this. The next, that next game, you get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown, and everybody would have been okay. And then, then it stopped, and he kind of went into a, a little bit of He's climbing his way out of it. I mean, he got to the Super Bowl. But imagine if he went to the Super Bowl with that pick. With what, that big schlong hanging out of his pants? Yeah, that probably would have won. Probably would have won. Meanwhile, we got freaking, you know, uh, 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 whatever his name is at Kansas City. I'm blanking right now. It's kind of embarrassing. Kermit the Frog? Uh, Pat, no, Pat. You, well, meanwhile, you got Pat Mahomes, who's sitting there with probably the most annoying girlfriend in the history of girlfriends. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, just screaming, and, just screaming. And you're like, this sucks. His brother his brother's also. I didn't even know he had a brother because I try to ignore that stuff. So uh, I, I try to ignore anything. As, as a Bronco fan, you yeah. Try to ignore anything Pat Mahomes and just focus on his <clears throat> extremely hot but also very annoying. Scarlet. Yeah, if you're in the AFC West, uh, you can you can fuck off. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's moving on to the final chapter, and Pat Mahomes has showed up in our division. It's it's a rough time to be an AFC West fan. Yeah, bad, bad, bad time. What also, what you know, what it wasn't necessarily a pick that disappointed me yesterday. It was the fact that uh, three Pac-12 players went in the first round, and that's it. That's just kind of proof that the Pac-12 is kind of shitty. Um, Still shitty. Yeah, we suck again. You know, like it's just, it's just. Kind of uh, 
they're, they're kind of falling off from, you know, when we were growing up, you know, the Liners, Reggie Bush. You know, well, it was really just USC, if you think about it. But Well, in Oregon, Oregon had some dominant years. You know, they lost in the – they lost against uh, Auburn in the national championship, and then they lost against Ohio State in the national championship, and uh, lots of losing, but still we made it, made made it to the show there. Now, talking about picks we might have been disappointed with or thought weren't great picks, I got a really unpopular opinion, maybe. Oh, I, I bet I can top you, but it's not a competition, so please go first. I think I know what you're going to say, so go ahead. Tua at five. Hate it. What is he doing? I'm not sold. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And especially, especially with an unproven. I don't know. He's just, he's damaged good, you know? He's damaged good. I mean, he's coming off of. Navar Ball. You're damaged good. Isn't that Bo Jackson's injury? Huh? He's coming off. Isn't he coming off of Bo Jackson's injury? Yes. Like a dislocated hip or something like that. I get medicine and all that stuff, like rehab. All that stuff's better now. I get that. But. If Bo Jackson can't come back, it'd be Bo Jackson. Yeah. What makes you think you're going to be Tua? Yeah, I don't know. But that was – I mean, I think the Dolphins have gone on to do a really, really good job in this draft. And if Tua works out, I think they hit a home run in this draft. Yeah, holy shit. Holy shit, they had three picks in the first draft. They have the most picks. They have, they have 14 picks in the entire draft. That's impressive. I mean, they'll have a lot of rookies and stuff, but that's just either talent you can develop or trade away at some point. 100%. Okay, here's the thing. Also, because Tua is a left-handed quarterback, so I'm, I'm looking up, and I'm looking whoa, up like – Whoa, whoa. Lefties? Yeah, lefties yeah, yeah. I got it. Ooh, I got it. Yeah. But, I mean, okay. All left-handed quarterbacks are going to hell. Uh, <laughs> I take that back. This is going on the internet. I don't want to be shamed publicly. Yeah. So. I, we love lefties. I didn't mean that. <clears throat> Ryan's a lefty. Um, <clears throat> ah, my I'm a cigar with my left hand. I'm a lefty. <laughs> so, here's the thing. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Uh, like popular left-handed quarterbacks. Okay. It's very. It's very uh, light reading, isn't it? Uh. Um. Best one I'm seeing on this, like list. Here's your top three. Mike Vick didn't uh, – Isn't Tim – wasn't Tim Tebow left-handed? Yes. Heck, yeah. So, yeah. So, so you're looking at – I'll give you, like, popular ones. You got Ken Stabler, Boomer Isaiason, whatever. Mike Vick, which he didn't pass the ball. He ran around. I don't know. Didn't he have, like, a record for, like, most passing and rushing yards as a rookie? I have to look that up. I yes. Have- don't quote me on that because, you know – we don't have a Jamie like the Joe Rogan podcast to just look shit up for us, but that would be awesome. That would be nice. Yeah, we need a nerd. That one's a nerd. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I would say though, like the Raiders, the Raiders did make up for it though. Hey, is my is my audio coming in? Just checking. Oh, uh, you just occasionally you cut out like you did there for a good twenty seconds, but I cut out for twenty seconds. That's great. You know what? Hey, fuck the left-handed quarterback. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. No, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, a left-handed quarterback is always interesting. You know, it's kind of like, uh, it's something you don't see a lot, you know, like if there was a left-handed third baseman in baseball, you'd be like, no, don't see that every day. Yeah, you don't. Um, probably, probably. And like, that's more for like good reason, but I mean, there's no reason like, like you can't just shame left-handed quarterbacks because for the yeah. most part they can do the job. Like a right-handed quarterback, you just have to reverse everything. Well, the thing – obviously, I don't coach in the NFL, but as like a high school offensive coordinator, when you're thinking about play calling and stuff, especially now with the RPO system kind of taking over, how quickly you need the ball out of guy's hands, a lot of times, you know, you're thinking RPO to the right gets out quicker than the left because you got to flip the hips and throw if you're going to the left. So, mm-hmm. as a play caller, you almost have to flip – your mind around so it almost puts more so than it hurts you know being a lefty hurts your play it almost it, it impacts the play caller more than anything so i guess i guess it'd be uh it show the true the true mark of a good play caller if he succeeded it'd, it'd be the true mark of a good play caller not taking away anything from his talent but is that what you're kind of saying you know like he like a like a good play caller would help 
Yes. Oh yeah. I I I think his I think his I think his talent definitely helps. Well, yeah. But, That's but, why he's in the NFL. But uh, <clears throat> he's going to the Dolphins. He is shit out of luck with that one. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's one of my unpopular opinions is that Joe Burrow is kind of a softy. Um, honestly, he's just a little soft because I'm not I'm a, I'm not aware if you guys are aware. Uh, so like a few weeks ago, he was quoted saying that like he wouldn't play for Cincinnati because he plays for winning programs. He's like, oh, I played for like a winning program for like since I was five. I don't play for losing teams. It's like, well, screw you. It's not your fucking choice. And like, I really thought like I was gonna lose some respect for Joe Burrow if he was gonna bitch out like Eli Manning did. Um, but many, he did many moons ago. You didn't know that Eli Manning bitched out hard like that. He was a he was a Charger, right? And he yeah, said, and he was like, I'm not gonna play in San Diego. Yeah, and then and the, they traded his that, ass. That and, and I live in San Diego now, so I I know I think people around me think about this every day. That ended in TJ Leaf. Yes. Yes. Which, <laughs> We know how that went. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> the graveyard. You just, yeah. you just, just throw that well, guy in the I graveyard think, with everyone else. I think when I think of Joe Burrow, what's so? I'm a big uh, Joe Burrow. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> um, what sold me on Joe Burrow was watching their bowl game lot his junior year against yeah, UCF. Yeah, didn't he get smoked? He got you got like decleated or something his, like that in the game. He got his tits uh, blown up. Yeah. He died. Yeah, someone canceled his Christmas, and he came. I remember back. that. I saw that shit live. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and they were down. They were down by like three scores at that time, and then they ended up coming back with him. I I don't know what he threw for, but he went off, and he came back and did it. And I saw this thing yesterday. I want to say where they're talking about you know where he grew up in in uh, Ohio. I don't know the exact town, but where he grew up in Ohio is a rough, it's a rough area. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I think uh, they were showing it yesterday on um, on ESPN and stuff, and I'm like, this place looks like an absolute hellhole. Yeah. But, Most of Ohio is. Sorry, Ohio. Sorry. You guys do have the Browns and the Bengals, so. And the Cavs and the Indians and the Reds. Years, so. oh, I don't know though. It just didn't make sense though. Like dudes from dudes from Ohio, you know, he was repping Ohio in that shirt he was wearing yesterday, and but two weeks before he was like, "I'm not going to play for the Bengals." It just kind of didn't. It kind of left. He seemed like an eye guy. He seemed like an eye guy when he was saying shit like that, and that's not the type of person I want on my football team. That's my opinion. Uh, it is what it is, but yeah, it definitely left a, a bad taste in my mouth for sure. I, I also love. Go ahead, Lucas. Go ahead. I mean, okay, like I, I really want, I want the Bengals to like turn it around because I think it's about time that a football team in Ohio starts representing that state because the Browns ain't are not gonna do it. Oh well, there's definitely something in the water there, though. Do you see how many people from Ohio State and who were just like from the state of Ohio got drafted yesterday? No, it's ridiculous. The first, the first three picks in the draft. The, per- the player had either played at Ohio State when they got drafted or had played for Ohio State because Joe Burrow World used to go there. Something's the in the water time. in Ohio. Yes. First time they had all been teammates. Yes, yeah. At one point they had all probably been teammates, which is just kind of crazy to think of, think about, you know? Uh, either the same high school team, college team, uh, or uh, what's called all-star team in high school. Huh? Either the high, they played in the same high school, college – or might even been on yeah. an all-star team after senior which, season. Which, by the way, they were all Ohio State guys at one point in time, and they're all top three picks. I, yeah. I don't know off the top of my head whether they were the same high school recruiting class or not, but that's a hell of a job. And, and that goes back to Urban Meyer. That's a hell of a job. Yes. By that's Urban good. Meyer. And Wait, hey, real quick. Hey, because I don't remember off the top of my head who went third. Who was it? Jeff Fakuda. Fakuda. The corner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's good. He's solid. Yeah. And like I said, and then and then uh, the, the Raiders took their other quarterback, the Ar- Arnetti guy. Um, 
from Ohio State too. So, I mean, they represented very well in the first round of the draft. Like I said, something's definitely in the fucking water in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially if you look at the two Bosa twins, then Young, and if you look at all the DBs that have come out of there the last couple years. Oh, yeah. Well, and even like John Carroll, the D3, the tiny little D3 from Ohio, always really, really good. I'm pretty sure Pierre Garçon went there. You know, like <clears throat> something is definitely in the water in Ohio, and it's, uh, it's impressive. Uh, definitely probably making – States like Alabama and Louisiana shaking their boots when it comes to high school football. So a little bit, a little bit. Question: What did you guys think about uh, the Eagles at twenty-one taking Jalen Rager from TCU, and then the Vikings with the next pick taking Justin Jefferson from LSU? Dumb. I'll say it. Dumb. Dumb for who? Dumb for Philadelphia or dumb for Minnesota? Dumb for Philadelphia because okay, so in my and. For my list, for my list, the top three receivers, I mean, obviously, like, Jer- in my un- – might be an unpopular opinion. Don't give a shit. One or two are interchangeable no matter what. Okay, so Jerry Judy or Jefferson. Because me, me and Ryan have watched some LSU games together last season, and there were some plays where Jefferson just shouldn't have caught the ball. Okay, but what about C.D. Lamb? Like, do you just not like the guy or what? Just because he's an Oklahoma guy, you just hate him? I do. Like, one and, one and two were interchangeable. Uh, and C.D. Lamb, like, in my, in my eyes, like, was third. And, I mean, it's one, two, and three are very close. Very close. But, I mean, I Jerry Judy, I think, first. Uh, two should have been Jefferson. And you could flip flop either one of those and still be happy. And then three is CD land. Now, now, when I asked that, no disrespect to Jalen Rager. To be honest, no, I didn't watch any TCU football, so I don't know anything about Jalen Rager. So no disrespect. But when I look at Justin Jefferson and Joe Brady's offense and what he went through in college, I, I think Joe Brady and what he had with the pass game at LSU really resembles what Doug Peterson does. I think it's really RPO-based. It's the outside guys hitting the middle of the field. Justin Jefferson's a great route runner. He knows how to create space, eat up cushion. Like, I I think for me, when I saw the Eagles coming up, I'm like, they got their guy. I was like, it's Justin Jefferson all the way. And then they took this Rager guy, and I was like, I just thought Jefferson was such a good fit. It it blew me away. Yeah, I don't know. We're so – so the the Jefferson kid, obviously LSU, a beast, national champ. Um, so you you'd say he's third, or you don't you like him at second? You like him at in, in the two spot? Who me? It's like no, like Jefferson. Do you think Jordan Jefferson is the number two or number three receiver in the draft? Me? Yeah, you. I think <laughs> I, I think I think Judy and C D Lamb one and two. I think I think you can. I and I think that's for sure one and two. Um, I think Jefferson and Ruggs, you can kind of switch off because you look at guys like Tyreek Hill now, um, that just based off of pure speed, they, you know, he might not have the size and the physical qualities that you like out of a yeah. NFL wide receiver, but it, it's it's showing that. Speed, you, you can't replace speed in the NFL right now. Speed is killing people. Yeah. I think that all kind of started with Tavon Austin running that crazy 40 time. Yes. And going really high in the draft. <clears throat> Who was hey, also hey, stud. Hey, hey, real quick, by the way, hey, fuckers, turn off your damn phones. Put it on silent. Jesus Christ. Shut up. People like my, to have headphones on. I do what I want. That's my computer. We're going to have doctor bills on, uh, on our hands for blowing out fucking eardrums. What also, yeah. what also kind of intrigued me from the draft yesterday is uh, only one <clears throat> running back was taken, and he was taken very last. And, and, and I didn't think I, – I like the guy. Like Lucas said, we watched a ton of LSU football. Go Tigers. Um, but I was – because they were on prime time all year last year. Yeah, and I was surprised it was him and not I, – I thought the Chiefs um, – I thought for sure, you know, I think the best running back in the draft is Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Yeah. Again, that's me. I'm getting blown up over here. Turn uh, it off, bro. Oh, 
Um, but uh, I think I think Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in the draft. I, I think the Ohio State guy was the best fit for the Chiefs. Um, and I, I was really, really surprised that they chose this guy. But, yeah, you know. Andy Reid knows what he's doing. He yeah, that cheeseburger eating motherfucker. He he's, he's, he knows what's going on. So he 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 got uh, Patty Mahomes. Hey, I love by the way. Speaking, of, you know, with the virtual draft and everything, my favorite part is seeing the houses. Not only the ha- the houses that the coaches live in and where they're drafted from, but their personal in their house attire. Andy Reid is still wearing the Hawaiian shirt through the draft. I'm all about it. Well, he's a big guy, you know? Like, when you're that big, only so many things look good on you. you know? <laughs> and the Hawaiian shirt is one of them. Uh, yes, yes. That's a power move. That's a power and move. Lucas. So many things come in that many sizes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're, we're talking at least a 4X. <clears throat> he's a big oh, easily. Yeah. easily. At 13, he was throwing the ball 50 yards, and he was like 250 pounds. So, yeah. So, uh,. I mean, I guess we can end. Anybody else have anything else they want to talk about the draft? Because we'll end yes. on my very negative opinion about the draft. If, if yes, yes. Okay. So I want to talk about Hertz versus Wentz. Hertz versus who? Hertz versus Wentz. Okay. Yes. So that happened today, right? And probably an hour and a half ago. About an hour and a half ago. Yeah, he went in the second round. All right. So here's my thinking about him. So Carson Wentz. Was not okay. Besides the year he took his team pretty much all the way almost to the Super Bowl, um, because he didn't, he got him what to like the playoffs. He got hurt right before the playoffs or some shit like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I was um, actually I was actually watching the game. Okay. Funny story. I was actually watching that game with Matt Curtis at my house. Who's, I mean, you guys know he's my best friend. So we were at my house and he's helping me because I was getting looked at by a bunch of schools. I was I was behind on a lot of homework lots of homework and he's over there i'm on one computer he's on his laptop we're splitting the assignments in half okay we're watching the rams game we're watching that same game where wentz's career basically is cut in half and his knee just goes to shit and he gets blown up i mean and i wouldn't say it cut his it cut his it cut his career in half but like i don't know so besides like that year he hasn't been terribly productive you know, I mean, no, he still hasn't been really like productive, but it's like since then, it's kind of still like before that knee injury. It's it's been a little bit under that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean that that injury happened what like his second year? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Second, second. Yeah, I think it was second or third year. And I think they, I think they got they got Jalen Hurts to maybe uh, sparks up some competition, find out who the best quarterback really is in Philadelphia. And it's always like, uh, and even if like, even if Wentz just keeps the job and he's the, he's the starter for a while, you know, while Hertz is there, maybe at least at that point, like if you're Carson Wentz, you're like, well, if I fuck up in any way, like this kid's going to come in and take my job. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think, you know, the big thing, um, when I look like with Wentz and I, I think the same thing, I mean, he went one and two with, with Goff. And I think you look at Doug, you know, I talked about Doug Peterson's offense. It's really RPO based, and a lot of stuff comes off of. I mean, they throw the ball a lot because it was RPO based, and they were kind of ahead of the curve on that in the NFL. Um, but a lot of it's predicated off the run with those guys, and I think what you saw, what we see with Goff, and what we see with Wentz, is people are starting to get used to and figuring out how to stop those offenses. Oh, yeah. So it's it's slowing down that production. Uh, and, and I think I think Wentz has a good arm strength. He's really he's less mobile now after the knee injury, but he's he was still yeah. he's pretty mobile. Um, but I, I think it's the lack, and, and I hate to say this, but the lack of the experience at a upper D one level. I think um, that and people getting used to Doug Peterson's offense and the fact he was throwing to people I didn't even know who they were last year. Oh yeah, I think that all kind of came together for Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Who was the guy last year that kept dropping passes to lose the game? All Sean Jeffrey. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. He's a Raider now. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey yes. Let's go Vegas, huh? <clears throat> yeah, Vegas, baby. Let's, um, let's distract him even more. But like with um 
with with uh, the whole Hertz versus like Wentz thing, I mean, like here's here's my take on it, is that I think that they're planning that the Eagles are planning ahead of okay, this guy he he could he does have a good like good chance of getting hurt again, and we're gonna need a guy who can also pass the ball and run like pretty quickly at the same time, and I think that he'll be a step towards the right direction if he gets hurt you know I mean yes he he is going to be a rookie but I think that you know with uh his talent you know he can throw the rock and he can run and he can he's not afraid to put his shoulder down he will be smart and slide but I mean he will put his shoulder down I think that he'll be a good quarterback to where if Wentz isn't living up to uh his name that he will get replaced. That's just my opinion. I mean, absolutely. <clears throat> I totally I, I agree. Think, I think um, I have a pretty high opinion of Hertz. I mean, oh yeah, know, oh he's a great be, athlete, man. Are you kidding me? And, and to be I able, to I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but I think Hertz is still better than Tua. Yes, I I, I thought so too. And I I think um, I mean even going back to he was an early graduate in high school. And when Bama beat um, Clemson in the playoffs, he was their scout guy for Deshaun Watson. And he was the guy when Nick Saban, when the game's done, he goes, you never saw him play, but we have a kid who's coming in as a freshman next year who's our scout guy who I think's the reason we shut down this offense. And he went from there. Then he's a freshman, and he leads him to the national title game. Then he leads him all the way to the title game and gets benched as a sophomore at halftime. Then he goes from and the and where I started really loving him, he goes from a bench guy who's a total team player, which makes me think he could sit behind Wentz. Yeah. And Tua gets hurt and he goes, I got you. Gets him into the college football playoff, leaves for Oklahoma, and then you start seeing him throw the ball a little better in Lincoln Riley's offense and do a little more stuff that the NFL's doing now, um, while still being able to run the ball so well. I, I just think the whole story of him through four years, I'm in his corner. I really like the guy. I would have loved to have seen him go somewhere else. But I think, you know, him and Doug Peterson's offense, if something happens to Carson Wentz, I think he'll have a lot of success. I, I totally agree with you. I'm absolutely 100% <clears throat> in Jalen Hurts' corner as well. Um, hey, that's wait, what was so hey. deceiving about that Oklahoma offense was that uh, they ran the ball a lot but they ran it with Jalen Hurts. Like, it was – like, yeah, they threw it, but when they ran it, they ran it a lot with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts ran the ball anywhere from, like, 20 to 30 times a game. And, <clears throat> you know, with that on top of him passing as much as he did, like, it was a very deceptive offense. And, yeah, you know, that's absolutely why they got to the college playoff and have for a while. But they just need to put it together on defense, I feel like. Oh, yeah, definitely. They had – I mean, I saw it in their opening game. I think it was their opening game against Houston. I remember seeing them struggle that much against Houston. I was like, ah, it's not going to work. Houston was legit this year, though. Houston was legit. And, and they had that quarterback guy. I don't, I don't know his name, but they had the quarterback guy who was playing then. Mm-hmm. They had a stud guy who's coming back next year who was pretty oh, uh, The kid that went to uh, Miami? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that kid. Cool story. Okay, so cool story about all that. Uh, <laughs> I, a lot of my strength coaches that are at Austin now at uh, Houston, the same, the like they built up those kids. So Ed Oliver, they all coached. My my head strength coach was the one that uh, trained Ed Oliver uh, up to his pro day. Who's a stud? Yeah, he, stud. Uh, um, and he also knows who uh, like this kid is, and he's like, yeah, you know, like you know, they coach him too. Um, so, I mean, like, I've known, like, a little bit about them even before this. So, I mean, especially with the quarterback, I'm, like, I'm curious to know with, you know, like, like what he's going to do with this Miami program. Because a lot of – there's a lot of, like, questions around that program right now of, like, okay, can they come back to what they want? They they do have the tools to do it, though, in my opinion, though. I agree. I agree. I think they do. And I guess we'll finish off. this NFL talk with my unpopular opinion about the draft. The draft is lame. I think it's stupid. I think you're a sucker if you watch every year and there's other sports on to watch. This year is different because there wasn't anything else really on to watch. And you're doing. Yeah. yeah, There was nothing else to do this year. So it's a little bit different for this year, but honestly, uh, 
if you like spend your time to take to like set aside other time to watch the draft you're a sucker uh that's why the nfl is a monopoly it's because of douchey people like lucas uh who don't have anything else better to do with their time so with that i guess we can move to, we can move to college football then for for a yeah, little bit here so uh so what what are the uh what are the new rule changes because honestly i haven't i haven't looked at What's up with him? Which I probably should have. Oh, yeah, I got I got a wicked good ESPN update the other day. Wicked good. Oh, stuff really? My, stuff my face in Petridge Farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wicked good. So there were like three, I guess, like three or four major rule changes. I guess I'd, I'd say like three major rule changes. Um, the first one, by, uh, by the way, players who are ejected for targeting uh, can stay on the like on the sideline. Like you don't have to. Go and hang out and take a shower in the locker room, okay. which, yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's not, uh, uh, but uh, I'm nothing. I'm a snapper. Ain't, ain't That ain't going to happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, nothing else about the rule, the, the targeting rule has changed though. So, yeah. Um, also like a pace of play rule was put in to where like, cause here's the problem with college in the NFL right now. Every damn play is reviewed. And it sucks. It takes the flow of the game away, and it's very fucking boring, if you ask me. Um, I'm sure you guys could probably agree with that um, yeah. as football purists. Um, so this, this rule pretty much requires, like, if the, if the refs are going to take a look at a play on, you know, like, uh, you know, take, take, uh, take the time to watch a, a replay and make a decision, they only have two minutes. Uh, you have two minutes to – watch the replay, make a decision, and, you know, make the call. So, I, I mean, like that's that. good, but, you know. I like that as someone who's more of a college football fan than pro football, I like that. Because I always thought, you know, when, when replays got into college, you're right, the flow of the game gets thrown off. And you know, some of those screw-ups that happen in college and the things that happen that are split-second calls and stuff, I used to love. That's what makes college football college football, you know? Yeah, is that, you know, the game's not played as clean and there are mistakes. But I think it's good that they get to still review stuff. But, yeah, you're right. The flow is still going to be kept. Yeah, yeah, pick it up, man. What is this? What, 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 what is this? It's like a 30-second timeout in basketball. Yeah. We're going to go to a quick commercial. We'll come back and we'll figure this out. Shit, I'm pretty sure soccer makes you choose within a specific no amount of time. So. <clears throat> um, and then the other one, there's like a – it's very similar to the NFL's rule, like the three-second rule. So, like, if a uh, play is stopped after three – like, if the ball's dead after three seconds and there was a penalty to the offense, you can give the offense one more play. But, like, the ball has to be dead within three seconds. So, changes up. If this rule had been in play ten years ago, probably wouldn't see as many wins from – you know, wins would be different right now if that rule had been in a while ago. Yeah, you could get some extra last second stuff going on in there. Oh yeah, all you need is one second, man. Yeah, that's a game of football. And then the final I like one that. I thought was a little kind of it's just kind of funny. Um because you know, kids are super uh super super I need my uh my number. You can only have two numbers per team no matter what. Okay. So, cuz I'm pretty sure it was like a special teams guy, if he just did special teams, he could have a number and then a defensive number and an offensive number. And they can never be on the field at the same time. Well, yeah, that's that's rule number 1. And then uh yeah, there can only be two players on the same team with the same numbers. Uh just for less confusion, honestly, cuz like yeah. in like you can really you can really dick over a a coaching staff if you know you send two number ones out there or something like well, that. So with, with the two-number thing, I don't know if you guys remember this, but back in the day when uh, John David Booty was the head was the um, quarterback great at USC. Name. Great name, by the way. Great name. Great name. They were playing at home against – I don't remember who, but they were playing at home against something – or against someone, and Brian Cushing was also number 10, who played went on to play linebacker for the Texans. Yes. He played at uh, USC. Yeah. yeah, so they were both USC guys, right? Okay. They both wore number 10, and USC ran out Brian Cushing to start a drive, and he took a quarterback, Keith, like 80 yards to the house. <laughs> <laughs> and See, and that's, 
And that's why that rule's probably in. Oh. And I, it, ever since then, I was like, I love this rule. <laughs> uh, this rule's great. It's amazing. Okay. Hey, here, here's the thing, though. Like, so, uh, honestly, like, that rule, okay, so it's, ba- so, Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong, but basically it's like, hey, if there's two players on the, on the field at the same time, they can't have the same number, right? Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a penalty. If you get caught doing it, it's a penalty. But don't quote so, me on that. Okay, so it's funny because, like, it's almost like that play, that, that rule's been in for a while, for like a couple of years. But it's funny because they're almost putting an emphasis on it now. Like, hey. Only two. I've, I've been with programs where there's only two guys with the same number, and one's offense, one's defense, or, you know, like, one's on special teams where it's like, hey, you can't be on the same field at the same time. Curious to know who the fuck is the program that's running two number fives at the same time just to fuck with people. Yeah. Dude, there are rule benders all over America, Lucas. Because like, I, come on, man. I tip my cap. I tip my cap to them. Honestly, as a football coach. Whoever's the coach, whoever's the offensive coordinator that's looking at the refs saying, fuck you, we're going to put two guys at the same number, just confuse the shit out of the, off, the, the defense coordinator. We're going to do it just because. Have yeah. fun. Epic. Hopefully you don't see it. Yeah, interesting. Some interesting rules. Um, but, Those are the uh, big changes, though? Huh? Those are the three big changes? Yeah, those are like the three or four big changes. That's about it. I got an update about it uh, a day or two ago. And, you know, nothing crazy, but. It all makes sense, though. Yes. It, yes, it, all, it does. Especially, it, especially the replay one. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, I think the replay one's the best one, Nate. I think oh, the jersey, the jersey yeah. one, like Lucas said, just kind of puts an emphasis on, like, you know, make sure 40 like guys. Every, everyone should have known that by now, but since some coaches are dickheads and they're like, oh, we're. <clears throat> well, I don't, I think it was more of like, cause like I've known, I've heard of some, uh, some teams who would have like the punter wears number one, one of their corners can wear number one and a wide receiver is also wearing number one. Right. So, I mean, it definitely can change up like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I like the I like keeping the guy on the sideline too. Um, after the targeting, I always thought that was weird that they have to leave. Yeah, like you can't be on the field anymore. Like what? Where, where do you go? Fun you just hang out in the locker room, bro. Yeah, funny story. So funny story. Like there's TVs in there. You could probably just watch the game from the TV. <laughs> take your take your shower. Get ready to hop on the bus. Yeah. Funny story. Funny story. So when I was at RCC my freshman year, we had this guy named Manu Rasmussen played at uh, after he was at RC uh, at RCC with me he wanted to go play at uh, at uh, Hawaii right so that defense was is still to this day one of the like very good rawest defense I've ever seen like they didn't hit you they ran through you and planted you in the ground like it, it yes. was honestly like the funnest defense to watch like I didn't care about offense at this point I just want to see people get wrecked when you know our defense on the field so we're playing, I want to say it was um, Saddleback. And that was our rival at the time. And uh, one of their receivers came down with a ball, and Manu just obliterated the kid. So five minutes of review, all that stuff, uh, and then he gets, he gets sent out, right? Okay, I say review, but the juke – Juco refs ain't, ain't the best, so they're just talking about back and forth. For yeah, five. yeah, they're probably just they they probably do it like a lot of basketball refs do, and just kind of go back and forth for a little bit, and then make Got a call. You. Got you. So, so after five minutes, Monty was standing there. He just all right, and you cut out. That's uh, story. Okay, wait, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Maybe you should fix your McDonald's connection. Hey, fuck off. So, anyways, Monty's standing there. It's and he's story. Like, Let's go. He's like, all right, so about 10. Another, okay, your story's over. You cut, you cut out multiple times. Your story's over. Your story's over. Am I cutting, am I cutting in and out? Yes, you are. Uh, yes. Okay, okay, so I can make fun of your McDonald's connection. Speed it up. Okay, I'll wrap it up. So basically, he gets kicked out of the game before halftime. During halftime, I walk in. And he's sitting there on the bench with the game on the TV with a fat old chai. And he's back in his, like, hanging out, like, shorts, T-shirt, slides. And he's just having the time of his life. I'm like, what's up? He goes, chilling. What's up with you? I'm like, well, I'm not playing this game. So, chilling. 
<laughs> See, that would be me. If I got thrown out, that'd be what I did. I would oh, do yeah. Like, why? Is yeah. This is... Dude, I mean, like, bro, I walked in, and this guy had, like, a cheek full. Not like, oh, he got a – like, this shit was massive. Just like, a... he – Yes. <laughs> if, I, if, I went to, if I went to like uh, if I went to like ASU or something and they threw me out I'd be like alright coach I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> I'm going down the street yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to my buddy's frat house yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah though I mean I, there's, there's a lot of talk about if there will be a college season this year and I think there definitely will be uh, we might not play in front of fans but there for sure will be a college football season. It might only be six games. It might only be eight games. You never know. But I think the lowest percentage of what could happen is that there's no season at all. I think that's probably the farthest from anyone's realm of possibility. And, and I think – Go ahead, Ryan. I, I think especially, like, when you look at upper D1 football, you know, I think, you know, Pac-12, SEC, you know, all those big-time – divisions i could see the season getting shortened down to just conference games um because with you know yeah you're going to lose a lot of money with ticketing but when you when you think of these college teams it's it's tv revenue it's endorsements it's you know and i think more of those will come in for the season to make up for the money you lose with ticketing um but i i think it, it you just get too much money from college football for them for the universities just to go we're not going to have it yeah, I definitely think it's a money thing. Like, of course, they want everyone to be safe and stuff like that, but it's definitely a money thing. Like, all of those tiny sp- sports at schools, you know, like women's underwater basket weaving or what the hell ever, they they get funded through what the football team makes. Yeah, and, and when you – After that comment, you're having left come at you, by the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, maybe this might be uh, Tommy's last appearance. Uh, who cares? Um <laughs> But uh, no, no, I think I think uh, it's definitely more of a money thing than it is like anything else. And um, they they'll they'll find a way to play just because like they, they need that money. They need that money. Uh, a, lo- a lot of their sales are in ticket sales. A lot of the, their money is in ticket sales, though. Yeah. So with with like with, you know, from like experience, like so with um Division one, at least, you know, like you're going to get a lot of ticket sales. I mean, your student section gets basically free, free tickets, which uh, there's a lot of like Alabama and all that stuff. But so some of your student, like your student body gets them for free. And then uh, your fans, if you're a big school with theirs, like, like Michigan, who houses like what, a hundred thousand, you're making so much money off of that, that you're funding other sports and without football i think that you know you're not gonna have these smaller sports like like college college baseball okay like it's not the biggest thing women's softball also not the biggest thing and then sports under that they take softball the softball and baseball they do pretty good if you make the show if you make the dance for softball and baseball you're doing pretty well for yourself you're gonna make a good amount of money yeah but still like a lot into that you know like besides that out of all, all out of those teams, it's kind of like they're gonna scrape away money, at least somewhat from from football to help pay for them. At least that's going into their locker room, their travel, whatever. And uh, I think after football, it's like okay, like we need this stuff. Um, how can we make football happen? And I think honestly, if it doesn't happen on time, it will be pushed back to at least maybe November and they'll just go deeper into the year. And, and, and I think the big thing, you know, with ticket sales, they've talked about selling a limited amount of tickets and really enforcing what seat you're sitting in to mm-hmm. keep people, you know, the six feet away from each other and doing that. So I think they'll find ways. Um, I'm interested, you know, I mean, what do you think about like bowl game season, traveling to bowl games and. Ooh, man. Sheesh. I mean, like I, it, it'll happen. The thing is, though, like if they only play conference games, if you get eight conference games or seven conference games or six conference games and that's the only games you get to play, you'll probably won't be playing in front of people. And at that point, who, who, how do we decide who gets to go to a bowl game? Like if you won four games, if you won four out of six games, like anybody can do that. Anybody can go on a four-game tear and then drop the last two. You know, all you got like, like freaking UCLA could start hot, win the first four games, and then lose the last two and still 
still make it to the Pac-12 championship, you know? I mean, uh, it's – it's um, it's it's, gonna be it's just it's just weird. I I definitely don't think this year there will be as many bowl games as we have seen in prior years. There won't be fifty whatever bowl games like there are uh you know like that, that we've seen in previous years. But definitely uh, we'll get the big ones. We'll get the granddaddy of them all. We'll get the Orange Bowl. We'll get the Cotton Bowl. We'll definitely get those because those usually have national championship implications. But yeah, I just I, I don't see I don't see them having a a a, a Cabela's. yeah an out, I don't see an Outback Bowl happening this year simply because we won't have decent enough records to decide who gets to go or not. Yeah, hundred percent, I agree. Also, with like, how do you think like with traveling lag? That's how I feel. Okay, fuck off. Let's say <laughs> that the football team. Let's say, like, you know, with football, at least, there's, you know, like, we are going to have a season, but, hey, this pandemic is still going on. With traveling, at least, you know, there's 100 dudes on the football team. 75, at least, are going to travel. Or 60, whatever it is. Like, that's why I see That's just team. That's, that's literally just dudes on the team. You have yeah, to think of coaches, not, not, not trainers, coaches, athletic trainers, equipment guys, all those other people, bro. It's probably about – it's around about 100 people. So that's why I see conference play with busing. Yes. Oh God. I don't, I don't want to do that. Go back to high school. Okay. Pampered boy. I don't want to do that. All right. Go back to your RCC days. Go back to your high school days and ride a fucking bus. Okay. Girl, girl. Listen, the only two planes I got to ride on were to Sacramento state, which, Hey, you're going to need a, you're going to need a plane Two to Montana state. You're going to need a plane. And I just remember, like, being there, like, so many people, like, okay, without – okay, with the football team trainers and coaches, also people who want to travel with you and they're going to because they've been the money are all the people that are, like, like – boosters, people who fund boosters. the team. Yeah. Yes. And that's at least another People thing. who give stipends, all that stuff. Are, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think we're – College football is really going to be hurt, honestly. is isn't going to be this year. It's going to be next year. Yeah. Because um, I think, you know, recruiting is going to take – I mean, right now, guys guys have to do virtual recruiting. Um, if the season gets pushed back with high school or canceled, um, you know, you're not, not going to get the game film uh, that you might get. You're not going to get on-campus recruiting. You're not going to get to bring a guy in. Um, I, I, I think the recruiting season is going to hurt the following year. But Absolutely. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and if you guys have talked about it, are we done? Are we good? Or you guys want to keep going? Like, got a few more things. things like, what? The, real, the real thing that sucks is like, here's like my thing is like all the traveling and stuff, like, and that many people, who can pay for that many planes? What do you because, mean? Elaborate on this, Lucas. If this pandemic is still going on, right? Yes. And let's say, you know, take out the boosters, if that. Take out the boosters. And let's say you have 65 guys that are on the travel team with uh at least five lag five five wait hold on can you hear me oh my god yes we can hear you god five athletic trainers and 65 football players and let's say 10 coaches with the pandemic still going on if that do we have the space on one plane to fit them all yeah why wouldn't we maybe but that's the thing is like how big of a fucking plane can we pay for well, okay, sure, like, pay for a plane, but, I mean, like, air travel's still going on right now. Like, you can still, like, it's only essential air travel, but, like, you can still fly on a plane right now if you really, really wanted to. So, I mean, I, I think that would probably be the least of their worries at this point. I mean, you probably – that's one of those things where, like, you cross that bridge when you get to it, you know? Like I think the big thing is more than deciding whether it's safe to – Just play in general. Hand, put your hand in the dirt and go body to body on 11 guys. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's also like it's it could be like one of those things where you like you get to that bridge and then you get told the rules and everybody goes, Oh shit. Um hey scout team, go home. You earned it this week, but you gotta go home. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's just a lot of it's just a lot of like unspoken things and things that we just like don't really have answers to right now. You know, I I bet you like Head coaches probably have an idea and like commissioners and people in charge of conferences and leagues and stuff like that. They probably have an idea. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, just a lot of, of, of un, uneasy times just because we don't know what's what's ahead of us. So. Yeah.
Definitely. With that, this concludes the first of hopefully many football's finest podcasts. Uh, I'm your host, Tommy Quinn, along with my colleagues, Lucas Benton and Ryan Taylor. Ryan, Coach T. Taylor. Um, you guys all have a good one. We'll probably be back here same time next week, hopefully. We'll see you though.